Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd We continue and with our lesson in the four principles regarding shikh and tawheed and we shall continue today the third principle and uh, last week we started the third principle and the third principle what it comes as the sheikh mentioned it comes as a a question okay a question after the second principle our question is is shirk confined and restricted to those who worship trees and stones, idols, or is it general for anything that is worshipped besides Allah, including the prophets, the angels, and the righteous? So today, and we mentioned a few evidences for that, as the Sheikh mentioned, and today we'll continue mentioning those evidences, those specific evidences that indicate that shirk is not restricted to the worship of trees and stones and idols, but it is general uh, for the, and it's general including the worship of everything besides Allah, including the righteous, the angels, and the prophets. So the Sheikh he mentioned in his book, what Dalilul Anbiya, and the evidence that they worshipped the Anbiya, okay, the Prophets, and the meaning uh, those whom the Prophet was sent to, and his people, that there were amongst them who worshipped the, the, the previous Prophets. And this is taken from an evidence from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى بْنَ مَرْيَمْ أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهِينِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ مَا يَكُونُ لِي أَنْ أَقُولَ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِحَقِّ إِنْ كُنْتُ قُلْتُهُ فَقَدْ عَلِمْتَهُ تَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِي وَلَا أَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِكَ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ عَلَّامُ الْغُيُوبِ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when Allah, وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Prophet Isa, alayhi salam, Isa ibn Maryam, Isa the son of Maryam, did you tell the people to take me, meaning me, Isa, and my mother as two deities to be worshipped besides Allah? Qala subhanak, and he says, subhanak, glory be to you. Ma yakunu li an aqula ma laysa li bihaq. It is not for me to say that which I have no right to. If I indeed said it, you would have known it. You know what is within myself, and I do not know what is within yourself. Indeed, you are the know of the unseen. So in this verse, Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentions, this verse clarifies that amongst the pagan Arabs, the polytheists in the time of the Prophet there were those who worshipped the prophets. Because in this verse, this verse indicates 
that it was said, it was mentioned in the Quran, okay, addressing those who worshipped the prophets in the time of the Prophet Okay, that was directed first and foremost only to them. They were from those, from them, were those who worshipped the, the prophets, and including Isa. As we know, uh, Christians, and they take, or say some of the Christian, or most of the Christians, they take uh, Prophet Isa as a god, with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they worship him. They say he is the son of God and God Himself. And a part of the Trinity as they believe. So this verse here rebukes and refutes that belief. When Allah mentions when he will ask Isa and this question as an evidence to those and he will be witness to it. And he will answer and he will say, I did not say that which I have have no right to. If I indeed said it, you would have known. You know what is within myself, and I do not know what is within yourself. So he clearly clarifies for us, as the Sheikh mentions, that there were those from the Arabs in the time of the Prophet ﷺ who worshipped Isa, and that they used to turn to him okay, with dua, supplication. They used to call upon him and ask their requests and their desires. And that also he mentioned they used to worship his mother, Maryam And the Sheikh mentioned that Maryam, she was not a Nabiya. She was not a, a prophet herself, prophetess. Okay, she was not a person who received revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But she was a righteous person. And she was from the Salihat. She was a righteous person. And she was from the best of the women of the earth. So they used to worship Isa alayhi salam and they used to worship his mother Maryam alayhi salam. So therefore, in their worship of Isa, they placed him as a, a partner to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They gave Allah a partner and in Isa, claiming that he is God or the Son of God, etc., etc., and they worshipped him and they call upon him, believing that he can answer their supplication. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions, They said that Allah and is part of the Trinity, as it is known to be the Christian belief. The uh, scholars mention that in the, with the early Christians who sort of believed in the Trinity, and they, they said that the Trinity, and back then, involved Maryam. Okay, now they say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They say about the Trinity, there is God the Father, God the Son, which means the Son means Isa, that's what they mean, and now they say God the Holy Spirit. Okay. Was intending by this what he refers to is angel Jibreel but previously it was the mother of Isa Maryam which was part of the Trinity part of which I mean the Trinity which they believed in and worshipped so therefore in worshipping Maryam okay they again 
basically by way of worshipping her they made dua to her supplicated to her okay, because they believed she was a righteous person yes indeed she was a righteous person but in doing so and in making dua to her they set up a partner to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the Shaykh reaffirms this so therefore again now this verse clarifies that and those people whom the Prophet وسلم, was sent to that they also worshipped the prophets and also they worshipped the righteous next evidence as the Sheikh mentions in his treatise and the evidence that they worshipped the righteous he brings an evidence specific evidence which proves that from them are those who worshipped or were those who worship the the righteous qulhu ta'ala the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ulaika alladhina yad'una yabtaguna ila rabbihim alwasila ayyuhum aqrab wa yarjuna rahmatahu wa yakhafu wa yakhafuna adhaba inna adhaba rabbika kana mahdhura allah subhanahu mentions those whom they call upon and they supplicate to and besides Allah they themselves they desire the means of access meaning to get closer to their Lord and which one of them will be which one of them should be the nearest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they hope for his mercy and they fear his punishment indeed the punishment of your Lord is something to be afraid of now in this verse as the Sheikh mentions it indicates to us that they worshipped the righteous as well and this verse of course it was directed first and foremost to those Arabs, those pagan Arabs, he was addressed and he was basically addressing them because from them were those who worshipped the righteous. And in this verse, as the Shaykh mentions when he says, الْوَصِيلَ And in those whom they call upon, that they themselves they desire a means of access to their Lord, meaning a means, a means, or from the means to get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he says this part here is in connection with clarifying the state of a group of the mushrikeen okay so who are those those whom they call upon so this indicates and this is clarifying a matter of any belief okay of the mushrikeen and the matter of regarding there the actions of worship and he says read the verse that comes and before this verse and it will give you further clarification when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and he said to them, call upon those whom you claim 
those whom you claim are deities, you know, besides him, they do not, and he even possess the ability to remove adversity from you. Nor are they able to shift it to another person. Then the verse, the next verse starts, those whom they invoke and call upon, and they themselves, they seek a means of access to the, to, uh, a means of access to their Lord. So here, the, uh, the Sheikh, he mentions those, I mean those people that they used to take and make equals to Allah, okay, by way of these actions that they, they used to perform. So in this verse, the people whom they called upon, okay, they made dua to, as mentioned here, that whom, who are they? Okay, and it says, they were a people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided, okay, and they only worshipped Allah, and they made sincerely their actions for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's how those people were righteous. Okay, then, Allah, then those people saw the righteousness of those people, and when those people passed away, they decided that they're going to take them as deities, and besides Allah, and worship them. The Sheikh says, now this verse was revealed and regarding, again, a group of the mushrikeen, okay, from, regarding from the, from the righteous. And the people whom they worshipped, okay, those mushrikeen, they worshipped, for example, Uzair. As the Jews, they worshipped Uzair. And Isa, alayhi salam, was worshipped by the Christians and other than them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this verse to prohibit them from that shirk which they were and he doing. The worship of Isa, the worship of Uzair, and the worship of other <coughs> righteous and people. So the shaykh he then clarifies that those people themselves and they were only people who submitted to Allah, true servants of Allah then those mushrikeen took them as deities besides him. They called upon them, making dua to them, their request, giving their requests. And also he mentions that in another tafsir of this verse, it mentions that whom they, the, the, those whom they were calling upon were actually any jinns from the righteous. A group of jinns who heard the call of Al-Islam, okay, they worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they accepted and they believed. Now those people were calling upon and making dua still to those righteous any jinns. As before they used to worship them, so those jinns moved on. Okay, they accepted the message of Al-Islam, they became righteous, but those people continued to worship them. And the Sheikh mentions 
in any case, in any case, uh, if those group of people whom they call upon, any beings, were either any people or jinns, they will still fall into this meaning of being uh, righteous. So he says, therefore, this verse is clear in prohibiting shirk. The shirk which is concerning the worship of the salihin, the righteous. And he says, it should be said to a person who worships a wali or a righteous person. In Abdullah. Says this person who you are turning to, whom you are worshipping and calling upon, he himself is merely a servant of Allah. A person who hoped for Allah's mercy, who desired Allah's forgiveness, etc. etc. <coughs> now when this person dies. Now this person, his actions are cut off. His actions are cut off. Even if that person was a person who, when he was alive, he could make dua for you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But now that he has passed away, his actions are cut off. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا مَاتَ إِبْنُ آدَمْ إِنْ قَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ When the son of Adam dies, all of his actions are cut off except for three. So the Sheikh says, so when a person dies, even if he's righteous and he dies, his, all of his actions are cut off. He's not able to hear your dua, is unable to answer your dua, he has no clue at all of what you are saying and what you are asking of them. They do not have the ability to answer any your dua. He has no ability at all any to answer your dua. So therefore, if they thought in reality a righteous person that they could go to when the righteous person was alive and ask that righteous person to make dua, for example. But the Sheikh says when this person passed away, all of his actions are cut off. So it is prohibited. I need to call upon the dead, even if they, were, if they were righteous. I need to ask them and to basically <coughs> present your request and your desires. The Sheikh continues and he mentions certain uh, evidences I need to support this uh, from the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu where the Prophet said to Aisha radiallahu anha, In kana dhaak wa ana hay istaghfartu laki. The Prophet said to her, to Aisha, if that was the case, and then and I was alive, then I would seek forgiveness for you. Now in this hadith, the Prophet said, and if I'm alive, I would seek forgiveness for you. And he meaning, that when I'm alive, as the Sheikh mentions, I am able to seek forgiveness <coughs> for you. But after I die, I am unable to seek forgiveness for anybody. 
from anybody. So likewise, as the Sheikh says, everybody who passes away is unable to seek forgiveness or to help anybody at all. If the Prophet said to Aisha that when I'm alive, I'm able to seek forgiveness for you, so meaning when I'm dead, I'm unable to. So therefore, first and foremost, anybody else besides him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, so the Sheikh says, so therefore, and this is further evidence, and for this, to support this. Then the Sheikh says, and he mentions the evidence that the Arabs and the Mushrikeen from the Arabs that they used to worship the trees and the stones. And this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتَ وَالْعُزَّةِ وَمَنَاتَ الثَّالِثَةَ الْأُخْرَى have you considered Lat and, and Uzza and Manat, the third or the other third? Sheikh says these, th these names have been mentioned in this verse, Lat, Uzza, uh, Manat, that they were idols worshipped by the Mushrikeen of the Arabs. Lat and Uzza and Manat and Atharitha al-Ukhra. And he says, Lat, what was Lat? Uzza, what, what was Uzza? What was Manat? What were they? Get these, these names. What actuality, what were they? And he says, Lat, Hadihi Sakhra. Lat was a stone. Okay, Lat was a name referring to a stone. Waqila Qabr. And it's been said as well in the tafsir of it that it was a grave. Okay? It was a stone or either it was a grave. And it has been mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Abbas and other than him that there was a man who used to basically, he used to make dough. Okay? He used to take flour okay, and mix it with water, etc., etc. He used to prepare it and bake it and he used to uh, give it to guests and he used to give it and present it to the hujjad, the pilgrims. Because even in the time of ignorance, the Arabs, they still used to come and they used to and he, perform like a hajj in Mecca. So pilgrims used to come from the, uh, from the different parts of the Arab land. They used to come. So this man, he used to basically like to serve the people. The people who are coming in, the pilgrims, or anybody who could help, he used to have this stone where he used to basically uh, knead basically the, the dough and cook it and give it to the pilgrims. To him, as a good deed that he used to do, maybe seeking reward from that as well. So he was very hospitable. Yeah, he was very hospitable, as the Sheikh says. When this person died, they built over his grave. They buried him, and they built over his grave, and they worshipped him. Yeah? And they took him as an intermediary and between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Yeah, because they said, Qalu, rajul ma'roof, this person is well known amongst us. Bihadan karam, with his generosity, wahadhidhiyafa, and you know, he is serving of his guests, okay? being very hospitable. So they worshipped his grave. They worshipped his grave. So this is one of the meanings as mentioned regarding Lat. That it was actually the grave of this person. They built over it and they took that and him as a, uh, a subject of worship basically. So they worshipped him. And the second opinion, they said the Sakhra, a stone. The stone, the actual stone, which the man used to prepare the dough, etc., etc., on it. Get? And it mentions that on this opinion, it's mentioned that they, after the man passed away, okay, they said that this stone is fadila. This stone is a stone which is virtuous. It is distinct. It is not like any other type of stone. <coughs> and it is special. And they said, How wonderful would it be for us to make this stone as an intermediary between us and and Allah فَجَعَلُوهَا وَاسِطَةً So they made it as the intermediate between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that therefore either it refers to the stone that the man used to work on to make the dough etc etc or it actually referred to his uh, grave. His actual grave that they built and he over it. So therefore uh, the shaykh says and he saw they turned and he to the stone or the man's grave and he with dua and they used to basically stay by his um, his grave or that stone because they believed that the dua and he would be accepted because this man <coughs> and he was righteous and that stone that he worked on that stone was a stone that is virtuous is special from any other type of stone. But in reality, it was just a stone from the stones. Nothing special about it. It's just that he used to, and he prepared the dough on it. Next, Uzza. Now, Uzza was another of the uh, idols of the pagan Arabs. Now, Uzza was a tree. It was a tree. كَانَ يَقْصُدُهَا المشركون. Was a tree that the mushrikeen they used to head to. Okay. What did they used to do? Okay, they used to go there and they used to be attached to it. And they used to make dua. Why would a person or why the person say, why would they make be making dua to a tree? What happened is, as he mentioned by the Sheikh, there was a female jinn that resided okay, amongst and in that tree or at that tree and it hid itself and when the people used to pass by it okay, 
it used to speak so the people used to hear voices and they thought that the voices were coming from the tree itself so that uh, that female jinn tricked them in believing that it's the tree speaking so therefore this is a special tree and the mushrikeen if you know the the uh, go back to the characters of the mushrikeen anything that amazed them they see uh, extraordinary they'll take it as a as a deity to worship like the stone early on okay the stone is special <laughs> because this man was a righteous man and he used to work on the stone prepare the dough etc etc he used to be very good so therefore they were amazed by it they amazed by it they see oh this has some special qualities so they used to take it as a as a deity they used to worship it so similar to this tree Uzza. so the female jinn tricked the people deceived them thinking that making them believe that the tree this tree is the is the one speaking yeah and he mentions so slowly slowly okay gradually okay they will they uh, they fell into the worship of that tree because when that tree spoke and then they started to speak back to it okay so slowly slowly it was gradual okay and this is he mentioned this is how it occurs and it's shirk a person is pulled and it to shirk gradually and he says and he most likely that the jinn would have mentioned to them and in many of the affairs okay and perhaps that they themselves they used to ask her any questions okay ask the tree questions uh, uh, regarding people who were lost <coughs> okay people who were lost for example and she would give any the location of so and so is there so and so is there so they will go and they will find that person there so therefore now they would believe and that the tree could speak and give them some uh, how you call it special information and regarding things so they used to come there and he would the dua and worship it and call upon it uh, the Shaykh continues and he says that the Prophet وسلم, he sent Khalid al Walid to that tree because that tree was famous basically amongst the mushrikeen of the Arabs they knew it they used to go there often yeah they used to go there often so the Prophet ﷺ, and he to cut off the means to shirk, he sent Khalid al Walid. So Khalid al Walid, he went to that tree and he cut down the tree. And he killed that jinn, uh, that female jinn as well. And this has been mentioned, the Sheikh says, in Kutub al Seer wa al Akhbar. Okay, this has been mentioned and he, in the history books and he of the Akhbar. And also, uh, so therefore the Sheikh says, Afwan, the Sheikh mentions, and he therefore Uzza, and he was a tree. Which from the, the Mushrikun, and they used to worship. And he said that this type of shirk still exists, and today, a lot of the people, they uh, are amazed by certain trees, and they attach themselves to it, by way of believing that these trees are blessed. So they'll go to those trees okay, and they'll hang their uh, clothes <coughs> on it okay, and they'll go and they'll wipe themselves over it 
you know, their clothes, whatever part of their face, their skin, as much as they can, they'll go and they do that to the tree, believing that barakah, okay, blessings will come from the tree to them. Okay, blessings will come from the tree to them. So they'll go and then make tawaf and basically circle around the tree. And he says that this is something which the author himself used to see in his time. There were people in his time who used to do this. This is why basically uh, this is why you know he wrote this book, this treatise, and mentioned those points, things that he was seeing himself in his time. In the time of Sheikh Muhammad al Wahhab, Rahimullah Ta'ala. Sheikh Abdul Razaki mentions, and uh, he says that the women, they used to go to those trees. Okay? Especially the women. The women will go to the tree. And they'll go and they circle around the tree. And they'll call to the tree and they'll make the dua. And they'll say, that I've not been able to conceive for years and years and years, so therefore, bless me with a child, bless me with a son, etc., etc. So this is why, specifically, any woman would go to those trees, and this was present in the time of Sheikh Muhammad Abu Wahhab, rahimahullahu taala. And the Sheikh mentions that the way people fall into these is. You'll get one of the women, for example, she'll know of a person who's not unable to conceive for years and years and years. Okay, so they'll gradually bring them to the shirk, not straight to it, but tell, oh, there's this tree that is blessed. And if you go there and you do this, that will help you and you'll be able to conceive. And they'll use things like, now they say, that... Uh, this person, so and so, she goes there. Okay, so they mention someone that that person knows. So and so, she goes there. So that's another way of basically getting that person. Oh, so and so goes there. So therefore, it must be okay. Or they'll say, so and so went there. She did this, and she conceived. And now she has a child. So the Sheikh says these are ways that people trick and deceive other people to get them I need to do these types of actions. To get them I need to do these types of actions. So therefore, I mean, this was something that was present in the time of Sheikh Muhammad al-Wahhab and Rahimullah Ta'ala. Something that was present amongst I mean, the Ummah, a type of Shirk that was present amongst the Ummah. And also it was a shirk that was present amongst the, the mushrikeen of the, uh, in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And also the shirk now meant a hadith. And he says, and regarding those who claim that the Muslims or shirk will never occur amongst the Muslims. Yeah, that the somehow that the Muslim Ummah they are sorry infallible in terms of basically they are unable to fall into into shirk. So this is a misconception 
and a trick and a claim that some of the Muslims make. And he said that the Prophet said, لا تقوم الساعة حتى يعبد في آم من أمتي الأوثان. He said that the hour will not be established, meaning the last hour will not be established until a group of my ummah will worship idols, will worship the idols. So clearly, this hadith states that shirk is going to occur in the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Shirk of idols, okay, the worship of idols, and also the Prophet said in the hadith, He said, Indeed, you will follow the way of those who came before you. Now, the Sheikh says, I will just have a moment here, I need to discuss this word, I need before you. So before you, and before the Ummah, who was there? And it were those who worshipped angels, and those who worshipped the prophets, those who worshipped the righteous, those who worshipped the asjar, the trees, and those who worshipped the stones, etc. So the Prophet said to his Ummah, that indeed you're going to follow the way of those who came before you, and the way of the Mushrikeen. And he continues, Shibran bi Shibr, wa dhira'an bi dhira'a, hatta lo dakhalu hujdabbin la dakhaltumuhu. He said, you will follow the way of those who came before you, handspan by handspan, arm length by arm length, until if they entered, well, if the case, uh, until, and also if they entered the hole of a dab, a dab is like a lizard-like, uh, creature, you will enter it as well. So here, the Sheikh says, now this information that the Prophet just gave here in this hadith, was it merely any ma'luma, nasma'uha wa na'rifuha? Was it only a hadith that we hear, okay, that we know about it? Is that only it? Or is it a hadith that warns the ummah? warns the Ummah and informs the Ummah and he warns them against falling into those types of shirk and he informs the Ummah that there is going to be a part of this Ummah that will and he fall into this shirk so that and the people are able to protect themselves from this batil as he says and in this batil and he said even Ibrahim alayhi salam and the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dua and he's seeking protection for his offspring and his children protection that they fall and protection and against them falling into the worship of the asnam where he said as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran and make uh, me and my and the offspring, my children, far away from worshipping the uh, asnam, the idols. Rabbi inna hunna adlalna kathira minan nas. Faman tabi'ani fa innahu minni. Waman asani fa innahu ghafur rahim. 
So, oh my Lord, indeed they have misguided a lot of the people. And he meaning and the, the idols. So whoever follows me, then is from me. And whoever disobeys me, therefore indeed you are most and he, merciful and oft forgiving. So even Ibrahim salam, he feared. And he feared for his and his children, his descendants, and his shirk. So therefore, people cannot claim that this ummah of Muhammad وسلم, that this ummah is unable to fall into shirk at all. This ummah is infallible when it concerns any shirk. It's impossible, impossible for the Muslims to fall into the worship of trees, idols, <coughs> prophets. Impossible for them to fall into the worship of idols. And this is, this is false. This is a false claim. So therefore what they do, and they use this claim to support what they are upon. What we're doing is not shirk. That's what they say. Okay? The grave that we turn to for dua, this righteous person that we do not dua, this is not shirk. It is impossible for the Ummah of Muhammad to fall into shirk. Okay, we are ma'asum. That's what they claim. But it is just claims, falsehood, which they try to make to support and what they are upon. The Sheikh says, then, the author, he mentioned, and the last evidence of this third principle, which is the hadith, of Abi Waqidin Al-Layfi. The hadith of Abi Waqidin Al-Layfi. And he said that this hadith, <coughs> this hadith is a hadith which is a great hadith regarding this subject that we are and he's speaking about. This hadith clarifies for us خطور حال الإنسان عندما يكون حديث أحد بإسلام. Says this hadith clarifies for us how dangerous it is, and for a person when they are, when they have just accepted Islam, how dangerous it is for them to fall and into things that are prohibited. When a person has just accepted Islam, and it is more easier for them to fall into things that are prohibited. And because, he says, because the, what they know about Islam and the information that they know is still a bit weak. They do not know a lot about Islam. So therefore, it is more likely that they fall into something which is and impermissible. He says, or as for those as well who have, been, uh, have grown up in a society where there is a law of ignorance. They've grown up in a... For example, let's say a Muslim could be a Muslim society or a society where there's a lot of ignorance regarding Islam. And this situation as well, it makes it very easy for a person to fall into things that are impermissible, like shirk. And because their ma'luma, as the shirk says, their information, the things that they know about Islam is very weak, it's very da'if. So he says, and in this hadith, Abi Waqidin 
alayhi he said kharajna ma'a nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ila hunayn wa nahnu hudatha ahdin bi kufrin he said that we went out with the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to hunayn and we were in you muslims okay we were close to the time where we where we were kufr meaning we had just left kufr to Islam. Okay, we had just left kufr to Islam. So Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentions, now this compa uh, companion now, he starts the hadith, okay, saying something himself. He starts a hadith giving the reason for what they were about I need to do or say. Okay, he's going to mention something that they said which was incorrect but he starts off giving the reason why they said that why did they say it he mentions in here because we had just left kufr okay we were just we were new muslims and so therefore there the ma'lumat what they knew about islam and he was still a bit weak okay and he was still a bit weak they did not have a lot of information about islam okay So therefore, he says, "Nahnu hudathau ahdin bi We are just left in a kufr. So he says, and he again explains that we just had left kufr, and so therefore, and the the understanding of certain aspects of uh, things of Al Islam, and he was very weak. So the understanding of Tawheed and the details of Tawheed, and it was something which was very still weak at that stage. <coughs> And the Sheikh mentions says it possibly as well, most likely, that at the same time there was a lot of things that they would have thought that they were upon in Jahiliyyah, they were thought actually these were still okay to do. Okay, so sometimes when a person accepts Islam, he's a new Muslim, okay, he might think that, okay, for example, there's things that he used to do or believe in in the time of ignorance, he might still have certain beliefs regarding that, that this, these things are okay. Why? Because he just entered Islam and he just knows, uh, he just accepted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the creator, the sustainer, and he accepted to worship Allah azawajal alone, he accepted and believed in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So his ma'luma and his understanding, and he's still a bit weak. <coughs> so therefore, uh, the shaykh continues, and he, and he mentions, and he again, uh, he, uh, the, the sahabi mentioned, خَرَجْنَا مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ إِلَى حُنَيْنِ And he says, look, and who are these men who went out with the Prophet ﷺ? This is very important anything to know. And they were people who gave the pledge to the Prophet ﷺ. And they was going out and he striving for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to Hunayn. They were going out. I need to fight. And they went out with swords. Okay. And from them are those who would return. And from them were those who would die in that battle. So they went out with the Prophet wasallam, And he saw they were Muslims. They gave the pledge. And look, uh, understand that situation. Sheikh mentions here. And in this situation... And it's very, very important for us to understand. 
So he said, continuing the hadith, وَلِلْمُشْرِكِينَ sidra. Okay? And the mushrikeen, they had a, honey, a low tree. يَعْكُفُونَ عِنْدَهَا وَيَنُوطُونَ بِهَا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ So they walked past a tree, and that tree was a tree where the mushrikeen used to worship. They used to stay there and stand for a long period of time. And the mushrikeen used to hang their swords and he on the on the on that tree so therefore and he, the, the sick mentions and he, the reason they used to hang their tree on there was that uh, the the reason they used to hang their swords on there were for barakah they thought if they hang the, their swords on that tree this is a blessed tree okay though their swords will be blessed it will be better in when they fighting okay when they are in battle the sword will be more powerful it will be stronger etc 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 so whilst their swords were hung up the mushrikeen will stand <coughs> in that location that tree for a a lengthy period of time a lengthy and a period of time okay revering the tree okay and believing that Blessings will come to them, and Ibaraka will come to them, etc., etc., etc. So, therefore, uh, he continues in the hadith, okay, and he, and he mentions that they, after seeing that tree, and, he, and they continued and they walked, and they said to the Prophet, sallallahu wasallam. Make us a tree, make a tree for us as they have a tree. Okay, so now they were still, remember, the information about Islam is still weak. They've seen a tree of the mushrikeen, so they still have that, a little bit of that belief. Or maybe, yes, a tree could give us a bit more blessings regarding our swords and help us in the fight. So they asked the Prophet to make us a tree. As the mushrikeen have a tree, as they have a tree, so that we can, and he hang up our swords on it, etc., etc., etc. So the Prophet ﷺ was very amazed at what they had said, okay, and he said, Subhanallah, and he glory be to Allah. Qultum he said, you have said something which the people of Musa said to Musa. Okay, by, the, by the one who's my soul, in which my, my soul is in his hands, you have said something which the people of Musa said to Musa. As Allah mentions in the Quran, When the people of Musa said to Musa, make for us an idol, a deity, as they have an idol. So he the Prophet is making inkar and he upon that their statement, informing them that their statement is incorrect, it is and indeed haram. It's similar that statement to the statement of the people of Musa when they said to him, Make for us a an idol, okay, a deity, as those people have idols, they have deities. So he made inkar and he upon them 
And he mentioned to them that indeed you're going to follow the way of the people who come before you. Handspan by handspan. And an arm length by an arm length. Even if they entered the hole of an idab, which is a lizard-like animal, you will enter it. So the first Sallallahu here, and he clarified to them, and he bayan, and he mentioned to them, and he made inkar of it, and clarified the truth. So here, and in this hadith, at the end of this hadith, and he mentions, and the Prophet said, that indeed you will follow and in the way of those who came, and he before you, and he before you, and he the, the mushrikeen. So therefore, and this hadith proves that this ummah is not and ma'asum, not ma'asuma. It is not impossible and for a Muslim to fall into shirk and the most dangerous of affairs, which contradicts the foundation of the religion, which contradicts and our principles and what our religion is built upon. So the Sheikh and Isof sums up and he and ends and these uh, this principle and he again he says I sh- I'll repeat okay uh, and I'll affirm and repeat something to you to affirm this well something a benefit that we have learned if it was said to you في أمة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من سيعبد الملائكة وسيعبد الأنبياء وسيعبد الصالحين وسيعبد الأشجار وسيعبد الشمس وسيعبد القمر. If it's been said to you, will there be people from this ummah, the ummah of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, and those who will worship again will worship the angels, worship the prophets, the righteous, the trees, the sun. And the moon. Will there be Muslims who would who would do those actions, or is it not the case? So what would you say? Will there be? Yes, it will be. Yujet. There is, and there still will be. Limada. Said why? Lidalilain. For two, and due to two. Evidences. Adalil al awwal, anna hadil ayat, that these verses, in these verses that are mentioned in the third principle, ayat found in the Quran, they are verses found in the Quran, and these types of practices, they were the practices of those who came before us. That's the first thing. Those who came before us, and those came before us, and from them are the mushrikeen in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, those whom the Prophet ﷺ, and he was sent to. And the second evidence, it says that the Prophet ﷺ said that indeed you will follow the way of those who came before you, handspan by handspan, and in arm length by an arm length, even if they entered the hole of a dab, you will surely enter it as well. So this two evidences clearly state and that the Ummah of Muhammad they are not Ma'asuma. They are not, it's not impossible for them to fall into any shirk. 
but they will and they have fallen into major shirk. <coughs> people are worshipping the Prophet yeah, people are still worshipping angels, calling upon angels. Yeah? Uh, people who are worshipping the graves, the righteous in the graves, yeah? stones, etc., etc. So these things have occurred in the Ummah and they're still occurring in this Ummah during this present time that we are in. So it is important for us to learn this third, this third principle and be firm regarding it and gain that benefit from this as it clarifies an important doubt a doubt of those who attribute themselves to Islam and they are worshipping the graves they are worshipping the Prophet etc etc and they claim that shirk is only shirk in worshipping stones idols and trees that what they do it is not shirk worshipping the Prophet is not shirk worshipping the righteous is not shirk etc etc this is one doubt and the other doubt is that the Ummah of Muhammad is ma'suma impossible it's impossible for the Ummah to fall into shirk impossible at all so this clarifies uh, this and the shirk basically has dealt with these two uh, doubts and made them clear so we'll end with this. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for beneficial knowledge and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for righteous actions.